0: I hope, uh, hope your New Year is starting off well, and you've kept all of your New Year's resolutions so far. That's always important as we, as we move along. It just looks so great to see you today. It's, um, it's been a remarkable time. Um, And we just want to jump into this new series that we're going to be talking about today I don't know if you brought your toolbox with you or not, but our Bible is our toolbox A lot of tools in there that helps us to be all that he wants us to be in this new series We want to look into those so uh, if you have your Bible if you have it on your smartphone However, you have that let's make our confession today. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God It is life to me today. I receive the word I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Well, on your Bible or in your Bible, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'll be there in just a minute. We're starting a new series today called Tool Time with PT. I'm PT, Pastor Terry. That's what a lot of people uh, say. Someone once asked, said, how do I address you? I said, well, my name is Terry. Terry. Uh, do I address you doctor? Do I address you reverend? I said, well, my name is Terry. So we had a a gentleman that attended church, and he said, oh, I could never call you Terry. He said, so I'll call you PT. And that was uh, 23 years ago, and I guess that stuck for all of those. So uh, we're going to look at this. Years ago on TV, there was a series called Home Improvement, and one of the um, programs there was Tool Time with Tim. And Tim was this kind of guy that always used the wrong tools, didn't know how to use those tools, or when he tried to use them, he would injure himself or he would injure somebody else. And so uh, in case you missed it, you didn't know what I'm talking about, we pulled a few clips so that you can see it today. Does everybody know what time it is? Tool time! Hi, Tim the Tool Man, Taylor. And you all know my assistant Al, this land is boar land. It's a little piece of table. What happened? Oh, Mr. Negativity. Al distracted me, and I got my head cemented to this table. They had to take a a saber saw to get me off of that table. Don't you think you should go to the emergency room? I was just there. They said I wasn't a priority. Why? Was there a guy with a whole table stuck to his head? Uh, What do we need? i Man, we uh, we laugh at all of his blunders, uh, using tools the wrong way and hurting people, but I wonder how accurate that is even of our own life. I mean, every time he would use a tool the wrong way, it was another project that wasn't completed. It was something else that was unfinished, and I wonder in our life how many times we've used the wrong tools to uh, work on a project, not maybe just physically, but maybe emotionally or spiritually, and or or we don't even know there's a tool that's available to help us. So for the next uh, five or six weeks, we're going to look at tools that we can use to help us to, uh, in, the, in, the, in the major areas of our life. And our theme verse that we're going to use is Romans 12 and 2. We'll read it first of all from the New Living Translation. I'd like you to read along with me today. Are you ready? Here we go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let's stop there. Every year, I ask God to give me a a word for my life and for the church that I can focus on all year long. Last year, I asked God, and he gave me the word realign. So we said, all year long, we want to work on how we as a church can realign to the truth of God's word. So this year, I began asking God, God, what is the word for me, and is it just a word for me, or is it word for me and for the church? And I felt like the Lord gave me this word that you see here, transform. Would you write that down? That's our goal for this year as a church, to transform, to transform, to be who God wants us to be. Now, that may be a word for you. Individually, you may say, what is my word? What is the word that God would have for me? Uh, Andrea said her word was perseverance. So when we see her not persevering, then we're supposed to come up and hold the sign up in front of her and say, persevere, that's your word. No, she didn't say that. She said, actually, just give her a swift kick, and that would help her along. No, she didn't say that either. But anyway, let's go back to this verse. Don't let the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you act? The way you think. You see, we often attack the actions, okay? If I'm I'm not eating right, if I'm not healthy, if I'm not praying, I'm going to attack the action. I'm going to go here. This is the action that I need to attack. But really, it goes back to, first of all, it's how am I thinking about that? Because my thinking determines my attitude, and my attitude determines my action. Let me say that again. My thinking determines my attitude, and my attitude determines my actions. So if I want to change my actions, I'm going to get back to what it says here, transform my thinking reframe my life into what god wants so that i can be the person in actions that he wants me to be let's also read that from the new king james we're going to use this as our memory verse we're going to memorize this verse this year so let's look at it in the new king james and do not be conformed to this world say it with me but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in this series, we're going to talk about the areas of my life that needs to be transformed to be like God. Because I, I believe the rest of your life should be the best of your life. I don't think that we're getting older. I just think we should be getting better. And if you're not getting better, then this is a good series for you because you need to take a look at how could I do things different. So if I transform my life, then the church is going to be transformed. And if the church is transformed, then the community is going to be transformed. So I'm going to look in the next uh, several weeks at five key areas of transformation. I'm going to look at our spiritual health our mental health, our physical health, our financial health, and our relational health. And in each of those five areas, I'm going to pull some tools out of the toolbox to help you to be able to see a transformation in that area of your life. Uh, It is said of uh, Magellan and Columbus, when they would go into uncharted territories, they carried a small pouch a leather pouch around their neck it was called a toolbox and in that leather patch in that leather pouch they had these ingredients these tools one sharp carving knife flint stones two bullets a short string or a rope and a compass inside that pouch They didn't open that pouch every day and look in there, but what they did is they knew if they ever got separated from everybody else, if they ever got into uncharted territories where they were lost, they would open up that pouch, and they believed. They believed that if they accurately used those tools, they would survive. But I'm here to tell you today that God has not left us alone, but he has given us tools. He's given us, in his word, tools that we need to live a godly life. Look at this verse. In fact, read it with me. By his divine power, God has given us, let's start again, by his divine power, God has given us almost everything we need. God has given us some of the things we need. He's given us what? Do you really believe that? We say, you know, I'm just, I'm not where I need to be spiritually. I'm not where I need to be physically or financially. Then what's the reason? Could it be that we're not using the tools that God has given us? Let's say it again. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I don't know if you've made New Year's resolutions this year. I'm not a big resolutioner. Uh, I set goals Uh, But here's what I find that 8%, only 8% of people that make a resolution carry it out. That means that 92% of people that make a resolution never complete. So that means if we're average, 92% of you that's sitting here, the resolutions that you made last year, to lose weight, to get healthy, to get financially secure, you know, to to get out of debt, whatever it was, that it may have worked for a short time, but 92% of you are looking this year and saying, this year I'm going to whatever that is. But I say, God, help us to be able to change that. And I think one of the reasons is that we don't complete resolutions or things we start is because we don't know the right tools. There are a lot of different tools. You know, you've, you've got a handsaw here if you, if you need to saw something. And, you know, if you need to uh, put a thumbtack in the wall, you could always use this, right? This is a thumbtack putter-upper. Uh, you, you might bust your finger with that one. Or uh, there may be power tools or maybe not power tools, just old-fashioned. How many of you remember how to use this? Yeah, there's three or four of us that are that old. Uh, some of you that are young or want to you know what this is, they had an extension on this, and if you had nose hairs, you'd put it up your nose and you'd just take it like that. Tool time with Tim. <laughs> but we're going to look in these five key areas of what kind of goals that I need to set. I believe that goals are the tool that helps us to be transformed. I don't want to just emotionally psych you up. I don't want to just uh, just, just get you to the place. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I, I want to change. But I want to put one thing in your hand today that you can say, if I use this one tool in 2020... I'm not going to be facing the same things that I'm facing now. And it's goals. Say goals with me. It's goals. And in each of these key areas, I want us to set some goals. For instance, we're going to look next week at a goal for your spiritual, for your spiritual health. Are you satisfied with where you are spiritually? Are you at that place you say, man, I'm I'm as close to God as I want to be? Or I think as most of us would say, I want to get closer to God. Then what are your goals? How are you going to do that? So we want to look at that. Or maybe it's in the area of your, or your physical health. You say, you know, I know I'm not as physically healthy as I need to be. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were, in, uh, uh, we were in Israel for 10 days. Saw a lot of people, came back from there, came back to the airport in uh, the United States. And I looked around and I said to Anita, we're fat. Most people in this airport are fat, right? I mean, when you, when you look around compared to other to, and then and then I felt the Lord say, Look in the mirror, you're fat. You're fat. So, so I, I look at that and, I, and I, I'm thinking, since Egypt, I've been off of my eating program and not eating right. I haven't really been exercising the way that I have. And I look in the mirror and I say, I'm fat. So what am I going to do about that? I'm going to, I'm going to share with you some things. You see, and, and I don't want us to just pull one area away and we say, well, that person, you know, they're financially in trouble or that person's there or that person just looks uh, 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 vertically challenged. And, uh, you know, and so, and so we, but you say, we can pick out people. I, I've struggled with weight all my life. We can pick out people that we say they're a little overweight. But it's hard to see people that have committing adultery in their heart it's hard to see people that are, uh, were on pornography last night, or it's hard to see people that like... So don't go judging people in this series by how their outside temple looks, because I know a lot of people that are very thin. They're very thin, but they're not healthy. Their cholesterol is up the thing, and, and they're not healthy. They have migraines and everything else, so you can't judge somebody, but here's what I'm saying. All of us probably in some area of our life need to set a goal that we can be physically better. Now, uh, uh, spiritually, we're going to do a a fast on uh, starting next Monday, not this Monday, but next Monday, uh, January the 14th, a 10-day Daniel fast. And you can go on to our website and get information about that, or there's an information sheet out on, the impact, out on the information table to help us. And spiritually, we're going to work on the Daniel fast and doing fasting. Jesus said, when we fast and pray. So we're going to be doing that as a church. We always do that in, in January. But then for health purposes, um, if you have your app on your phone, you can go to the app store and I would encourage you to download uh, a plan called the Daniel Plan. It's a, a Daniel Plan. It's a plan that Rick Warren and his church at Saddleback came up with several years ago. Because he said, on one day, he said, I baptized 892 people. And after I baptized 892 people, I, be, I realized how tired I was because of how fat we were as a church. So he met with a bunch of nutritionists and a bunch of doctors, and it came up with this plan called the Daniel Plan. And I think so far they've lost like 150,000 pounds at their church of people that have been part of the Daniel Plan. The Daniel Plan would be a great small group for somebody who'd like to lead a small group. But Anita and I have already started this Daniel Plan, and it's about eating, it's about exercising, and so the Daniel plan is to help you get healthier, and so I would encourage some of you to go ahead and just kickstart your year by looking at the Daniel plan and other areas. Or maybe this year it's, uh, you need to set some financial goals, that this year we're going to get out of debt, or some mental goals, or some relational goals that, uh, for whatever that we need. So today, I want to talk about those goals. And I want to explain to you why it's so important for you to set goals for your life. So when I set goals, here's number one. When I set goals, I take spiritual responsibility. When I set goals, I take spiritual responsibilities. Goals are not just something you do in the athletic world or in the secular world. God has goals for the planet. He said, this is what's going to happen, and this is how it's going to happen. Throughout the Bible, people in the Bible had goals. Look at this this passage from Paul, Philippians chapter 3. I have not yet reached my what? My goal. He had a goal. I'm not perfect, but Christ has taken hold of me, so I keep on running and struggling to take hold of the prize. My friends, I don't feel that I've already arrived, but I forget what is behind, and I struggle for what is ahead. I run toward the what? Toward the goal, so that I can win the prize of being called to heaven. This is the prize that God offers because of what Christ Jesus has done. All of us, read this last line with us, all of us who are mature should think the same way. Look at your neighbor. Do they look mature? Well, if they look mature, Paul says, (laughs) I don't know, If they look mature Paul says they should have this same thing they should have goals that they set that they're running towards what are your goals what are your goals for your spiritual life for your physical life for your financial life for your relational life for for all those what are your goals so when I I look at that and I say I'm either living by design with some goals or I'm living by default if you don't have goals you're allowing everything around you to establish your goals. Or you're allowing other people to establish your goals. If you're not living with goals, you're just reacting to life. Oh, this come up. I need to handle that. This, no, we need, we need goals. If you're just coasting through life, you're going downhill. There's only one direction. It's downhill. Second, I need to set goals because if I do that, I live by faith. I live by faith. When we say, I believe that God wants me to do this, you know, basically what we're saying is, this is by faith what I think God is saying. So a goal for me as a believer is a faith goal. I'm simply saying, I, I, I believe this is what God wants me to do, and if God doesn't help me and bail me out, there's no way I can accomplish this goal. Think about this. If you have no goals, you're not taking any risk. And if you're not taking any risk, you don't need faith. If you say, you know what? I'm tired of being in debt. I'm tired of living on credit cards. I want to begin doing what God wants me to do. We'll give you some tools on to how, to, how to do that. So you simply say, here's a goal. By the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, I want to have everything paid off Or I. I want to be out of credit card debt or whatever that is. And you say, oh, Terry, you don't know how big that is. That's a real risk for me to say that. Yeah, and guess what? You're going to need faith and God's help for you to accomplish that. Let the size of your God determine the size of your goal. If your God is small, then you'll have little puny goals. When we built this building, we bought this property and wanted to build a building, we had only about 100 people and we said here's the plan to build this building we believe god wants us to build it and people said but how how just 100 of us people going to get together and how are we going to be able to do that and so we began praying we began building our faith and saying does god want us to do this yes Is it important that we do this? Yes. Then do you believe God is a big God? Yes. Then do you believe that we, who he has given us, can build this building? And people said yes. And so we had people turn in retirement. We had people sell their wedding bands and their wedding rings because they said, we believe so much in this that we want to be part of what God is doing. And you're sitting here today because people said, we're not going to have a little go with a few people, but we're going to have a big go because we've got a big God. amen Amen. thank God I don't know what hell would be for you but hell for me would be at the end of my life and I'm with God and he would say to me Terry look over here see this this is a picture of all the things I want to do with your life but you settled You never had a goal for what I wanted to do you just coast through life I don't know about you but I don't want to get to eternity and realize God had a lot of things for me to do and because I didn't set goals and I didn't believe that there are a couple mistakes we make in goals sometimes we set the goal so low and we want to accomplish it so quickly Um, or another thing is that we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 5 or 10 years. It's not just the timing, but it's, it's what God. So I've got some big goals for the next 7 or 10 years of my life. But for this year, what is it by 2020 that you want to see in your life? You want to do. You want to feel. You want to look in the mirror and you want to look like. You want to get that physical and you want that to be taken care of. Or are you just going to go through life and say, well, that's, that's just me. That's just who I am. No, we want to set goals to become who God wants us to be. So, when we set those goals, we need to say, when I set these goals, then number three, I focus my energy. I focus my energy. It's not 30 things I dabble in, but it's Paul said, this one thing I do. This is my goal. You know, light diffused has no power. But if you take light... And if you focus it in, it can become a laser. And that laser can then cut steel. Think about that. So here you are with a million things or a hundred things that you're dabbling in because you've never asked God, God, what goals do you want me to have? And God says, let's pull it down. Let's set, what if we set one goal for each of these five areas? Some of you will set more because you're overachievers, right? You, you, just, you just do that, all right? But, but what, here's all I'm asking is for you to set one goal for your spiritual health, one goal for your physical health, one goal, and then focus down on that one goal so that you don't go through life just playing an air guitar a gut guitar, running around in circles, but you focus. And if I set goals, then number four, I keep going. If I have a goal, I have a reason to get up in the morning. Some of you, only reason to get up in the morning is you're going to go eat breakfast. There's got to be more than that. Some of you came here to Mecca to retire. You know, so you can spend the rest of your life. What are you going to do today? I'm going to golf. What are you going to do today? I'm going to go bowling. What are you going to do today? I'm going to go to the square and dance. What are you going to do today? Well, I got a Polish club. What are you going to do today? Well, I have an Italian club or I have something else. And you spend, you know, I have, uh, really, what what are you doing? Well, I'm just reacting to life. But listen, if God has brought you here with all the ability, with all the talent, with all the training that you have, and your heart's still beating, He's one to say to you, I have some goals for you to achieve in the next 7, 10, or 20 years of your life. I'd love to see you achieve those goals. Job said this, I do not have the strength to endure. I do not have a goal that encourages me to carry on. A few weeks ago when we were in the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, they shared with us said one of the reasons that many of those that were uh, in, in prison and in, in, in going through all the stuff they went through, the reason they survived is because they had a reason to live. They had a hope to live, a reason to live. You see, and that goal will help us. Every Monday morning, I get PMS. Uh, sorry, you probably don't know this. It's post-message syndrome. It's my PMS. And I think about all the things I said wrong, things I should have said things I wish so I want to quit every Monday because if I think of all the things that I did wrong but I don't quit here's the reason I don't quit it's because my long-term goal keeps me from quitting when I have short-term setbacks if you have a long-term goal it keeps you from quitting when you have short-term setbacks you have a business God has called you to have that business. And so then all of a sudden, employees quit or something downturns. And in the midst of all of that, then you say, well, I'm just going to quit. I guess I miss God. No. If you really understand the goal that God has given you, short-term setbacks won't stop you from the long-term goal that God has for you to set. And if I set goals, then I will build character. Build character. God is much more interested in our character than he is our accomplishments. Because when you go to heaven, you're not taking your accomplishments with you. You're not taking the degrees off the wall, but you're taking your character. So when I set a goal, and I know it's a godly goal, and I'm working towards that goal, then I'm going to have to change to achieve that goal. And when I change to achieve that goal, God is working on my character. So if I live an undisciplined life, I don't pray, I don't eat right, I don't exercise, I don't manage relationships right. In this, if, if there's a lack of discipline and I set a goal for that area of my life and I let God transform me, the way he's going to transform me is from the inside out. He's going to change my thinking that changes my attitude that changes my actions while I work on a goal God is working on me you will never be the person God intends you to be until you intend to be that person you will never be the person that God intends you to be until you intend to be that person 5 to 10 years from now some of you will not be in church you'll have already gone through one or two or three marriages Your kids will be strung out on drugs. You'll have kids by several different daddies or live-ins. And you'll wonder what happened in my life. It's because you never intended to be a man of woman, a man of God, or a woman of God. You just coast through life. Kind of a casual Christianity. Well, I'll go to church today if I feel like it, or I won't go if I don't feel like it. And and I'm going to tell us that our parents and grandparents that are Guardians of our kids You need to help your kids Begin getting on goals for their life and not living their life just by how they feel Living sort of a casual thing Some of you spend a lot of money on teaching your kids about sports Well, they've got to have softball. They've got to have soccer They've got to have something else and then come around on Wednesday night for youth night You said hey, it's youth night. You want you want to go? Excuse me. You want to go? That's like getting them up on Monday morning. You want to go to school today? You want to go get a shot, which would be good for you? No, they don't. But how many times do we let our kids dictate their spiritual discipline because we just sort of get, well, I don't want to hear them moan. I don't want to hear them complain. They say it's not worth going. Look, I said to my parents, school's not worth going. I quit right now at age 12. But guess what? That didn't work. There's a lot of times, yeah, I don't want to go to church today. There are times I get up on a Sunday, I don't want to go today. You go, Anita. <laughs> Call Ben. Ben do it. Said, Man, I don't want to go, but my long-term goals keep me going. Some of you parents are sabotaging the future of your kids because you allow them to be the CEO of your home instead of you being the godly leader that you need to be in their life. What kind of goals does God bless? He doesn't bless every goal. Here's the kind of goals that you need to ask. Will this goal honor God? Will this goal honor God? What kind of goal honors God? A goal that causes me to depend upon him. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. God paid a great price for you. So use your what? Use your body to honor God. So use your body in all of these areas to honor God. how I People say, well, you know, my physical life is separated from my spiritual life. No, it's not. Your physical life, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And some of us have been letting him live in run-down houses. 2 Corinthians 5 and 9 says, we make it our goal to please him. Here's a second question I ask. Is this goal motivated by love? Is it motivated by love? Listen, God will not bless goals that are motivated by greed, lust, pride, competition to be better, envy, guilt, grudges, worry, materialism, and ego. He blesses goals that are motivated by love. Everything you do, the scripture says, must be done with what? Love. Let love be your highest goal. If you set loveless goals, you're going to treat people as projects, and you're going to run over them, because that person is just one person to help me to get my goal. Number three, I ask this question. Will this goal require me depending on God? Will this goal require me depending on God? If you set a goal, and it's so small that you can do it yourself, that's not a faith goal. A faith goal is one that you simply say, I believe this is what God wants to do. I believe this is what God is saying to us. And so I'm going to speak this goal. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to begin praying about that every week. So much, it's such a big goal, that if God doesn't help me, I'm sunk. I'll never bring it forth. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. There are, three things, there are three things that God gives us to help us to reach our goals. So in these next five weeks, as we talk about setting a spiritual goal, setting a physical goal, setting a financial goal, setting a relationship goal, a, 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 an emotional, mental goal, setting those, what can I expect that God will do for me? First of all, he's going to empower me. I need his spirit to empower me. His spirit will empower me. Say that with me. His spirit to empower me. It's not by my power, but it's by his spirit. Zechariah 4 and 6. You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, if this is a goal you want me to achieve, I can't achieve that goal unless your Holy Spirit empowers me. Second of all, I need God's Word to guide me. I can be assured that His Word will guide me. The Bible is our toolbox. We need to get it in our mind. When God said to Joshua, I want you to possess the land, before he he embarked on that goal that would take him a lifetime, this is what God said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Keep this book of the law on your lips recite it by day and night that you may be careful to follow everything written in it. Then you will successfully attain your goal. That's a memory verse for every business owner that should, look, I'm going to keep this word. What God says, I'm going to keep it on my lips. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to put it in my heart. And he says, if you'll do that, not only will my Holy Spirit give you power, but my word will guide you when you get it into your life. We need to help our kids. To You need help in school? Then do this. Get more in the word. Get more in the word. Meditate on the word. When you sit around at home at night or at the table, why not turn TV off and at the table saying, what do you you feel like God is saying to you today? Or or as a dad or a mom, you say, here's the word for today. You know, we used to have those little... uh, Little promise box. Remember, anybody remember the old promise box you sit on your table and you pull out one scripture? Two of us are that old. All right, uh, it's just on the table. And so before we would eat or before we would say grace, we'd pull a scripture out and my dad would read that. Maybe that's not such a bad custom. Get that word. He said, Then you'll be successful. And then I need God's people to support me. I'm not able to reach my goals by myself. I need your help. I go to the gym because I need help with that. I have an app program of my eating, keeping my calories because I need help with that. I have, a, I have some financial advisors that help me and you know, said, look, uh, the downturn of, of everything that's going on and I've lost more money in the last little while than what I put in. They just said, hold tight. It's all going to come out. Why? Because I, I need help to achieve what God wants me to do. So we need that. You see, it takes a team to accomplish a dream. It takes a team to accomplish a dream. You need to be in a life group. Next week, you'll be able to sign up for life groups. Life groups start February 10th on my birthday. That's a great day to start. Uh, Life groups start then, but you can sign up next week. Those of you that are coaches for life group, there'll be a training next week at the end of the second service for you to get that training because you can never feel like That you're really part of the father's house unless you get in a small group in a small group somebody knows your name they know what you're going through then they know how to help you look at this verse ecclesiastes 4 and 12 would you read it with me by yourself you're unprotected but with a friend you can face the worst and a group of three is better because a rope braided with three strands is not easily snapped Here's what happens with that. You take you, and you take God, and you take a small group, a life group. And you braid those three together. And he and said it strengthens you. It helps you. We're not a church of small groups. We're a church with small groups. That's, that's who we are. It's not, just, it's not just a choice we do, but it's a decision we make. Because in that, I have people... Uh, those of us that uh, maybe you need financial accountability you can do that in your group Uh, maybe you need uh, health accountability that you know what in the uh, in the next 15 weeks I want to lose 30 pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds and then you keep a record of that in the group somebody says how are you doing they applaud you and if you mess up say well I didn't do so good this week I actually gained they say yeah but you can do it you can do it you can do it but if you're by yourself say oh here I am again same failure. No, you need to be part of a group. So here's a couple of things I'd like for you to do this week. These are the next steps. I'd like for you, at the end of your notes there, it says, go to thefathershouse.com for the Daniel fast information. We're going to do a 10-day Daniel fast from Monday, November the 14th to Wednesday the 23rd, the Daniel fast. So On the website, it talks about what is the Daniel fast. It's not an absolute fast. It's not a partial fast. What is that? And if you don't have an internet capability, then there's a handout out on the information table so you can start preparing for that. And second of all, I'd like for you to just set today a goal. Maybe it would be, my goal is I'm going to attend three out of five of these sessions. I'd like for you to say hello world Uh, I'd like you to just go to all of those but set a goal that would be realistic for you what is that goal let's bow our heads father we thank you today for loving us for caring for us we thank you today God that you remind us gently not with condemnation or guilt but you remind us unless we're living on purpose we're purposeless unless we're living by design We're failing to default. Could that be the reason that every year in January, we're facing the same resolutions, the same things that we need? We haven't been using the right tools or we didn't even know there were tools available. And so today, Lord, you spoke to us about one of the tools is to set faith-filled, godly goals for our life. Help us in that. As you continue to just pray and God is speaking to you, There may be someone here today that would simply say, you know, Terry, my problem is I've left God out of the equation altogether, and uh, I've been running my own life, and I really need to surrender my life to him, or maybe need to rededicate your life to him today. And he's speaking to your heart and saying, today is the day. This is the time. This is the time to do that. And he's he's calling you Nobody has to put their finger on you Nobody has to come and point you out But you know who you are today And the Lord is saying Today is the beginning of a brand new life It's a life of surrendering The control of your life Into his hands Jesus Christ came to this world Born of a virgin Lived a sinless life He died on the cross Not for his sins But for your sins Either you let him pay for your sins or you have to pay for your sins in eternity God doesn't send anybody to hell That's a decision you make if I choose to believe in Jesus and that he paid for my sins My sins are covered But if I say no, I don't believe in that then I have to pay for my own sins Sin is a separation from God and Jesus came that we could find him so if you're here today And you've never invited Jesus into your heart. Today's the day to say, I want to start a new life with him. Or I need to rededicate my life to him today. Let me pray with you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you feel bad. But I want to pray with you. And the only way I know how to do that is if you just lift your hand and make eye contact with me. And say, Terry, today, I want to make that decision. Would you do that right now? Thank you. Others today, thank you. I want to make that decision today. Thank you, ma'am. Others today, I want to make that decision. You know God is speaking to you today. Yeah, that's me. That's me. And maybe some of you that are watching online today, just lift your hand right there. Just lift your hand. Yes, Lord. Yes. I've grown away from you, Lord. And I'm just living by default, not by design. Thank you. Thank you. But today, I, I want to get back on track. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being honest this morning. Thank you for being open. Thank you for raising your hands with those four or five that raised their hand this morning and those that are watching online. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my life. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. My goal for today is to be a faithful believer, and I need your help, and I need your word, and I need people to help me. In your name, Jesus, amen. Hey, friends, thanks for watching today, and I believe that today's teaching was life-changing for you. We prayed that way, and we believe that it would. And so I just want to say in advance, thank God for how he changes our life through the power of his word. I would um, encourage you today that if you've never made Jesus the Savior of your life, the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you today and for you to make that decision. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. That's what's so very important. So I'll pray a prayer And uh, you put your heart to it, and you pray this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins on the cross. I could never get good enough to come to you in your holiness. But I know that Jesus died for my sins, and he rose again on the third day to give me a new start, a new beginning. So today, I repent of my sins. And I invite you into my life. And as best as I know how, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk day by day in your strength and your power. Man, I hope you prayed that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you call the church office or let us know that you prayed that prayer. I have a book that I'd like to give you that will help you know the next steps to take. Giving our heart to the Lord is not just something that we do to get the guilt or the bad feeling away, but it's a life change. It's new things that we start doing, and the book that I want to give you will help you in that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to join with you in praying about those. And uh, if the Father's House and these teachings have uh, blessed you and you've benefited from them, would you consider supporting the Father's House? Uh, first of all, through prayer and encouragement, and second of all, through financial support. That's how we continue to keep our missionaries going. That's how we're able to keep these sermon series going out to you. And so if you'll just ask God what he would have for you to do, I would really appreciate it. So just remember here at the Father's House, we don't care where you've been. We just care where you're going. And I I think you're going in the right direction. So I want to see you next week as you watch here from the father's house, as we bring you the word that'll change your life.